everyone, welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast show that talks about video game news, stories, and highlights. My name is Luke, and I'm your host. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Games Are Fun. A bit of a shorter episode for you guys this week. I'm gearing up to go on vacation at the end of the month. I hope to have some podcast episodes pre-recorded and releasing while I'm away on vacation. But if you see that there is a decrease in the amount of episodes released uh, at the end of June, beginning of July, just know that it's because I'm on vacation and I am needing a much need I am needing a much needed break. Uh, but like I said, I hope to I have some ideas on some pre-recorded episodes that I hope to have to you guys while I'm gone. In today's show, though, we're going to be talking about three different things. Uh, The first is new Nintendo Switch models have apparently gone into production, so we're going to be talking about that. Uh, We're also going to be talking about Pokemon Sword and Shield and how it won't allow you to catch every Pokemon. And then lastly, there's a rumor going around about a potential release date for The Last of Us Part Two, uh, kind of a funny story on how that started. Uh, so those are the three main things I'm going to talk about, and then I'll transition into what games I've been playing lately. But before we get all to all of that, just a reminder, The Games Are Fun is a weekly podcast. It airs every Tuesday on all the major podcast platforms, iTunes, Google Podcasts. I keep saying iTunes, but I guess iTunes is no more. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast. Just search for Games Are Fun on whatever podcast platform that you choose. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe to it on whatever platform you are listening to it on. And if you want to help further your support to the show, you can now donate to the show. So go into the show notes and you'll see a link to support the podcast. And that link will take you to a page where it will allow you to make a monthly donation at three different tiers. You can donate a dollar a month, $5 a month, or $10 a month. And all your donations help fund this podcast. I currently do this podcast on my own budget and on my own time. And some donations would really help me elevate this podcast to the next level. One of the things that I'm trying to save up for is some more recording equipment so I can improve the production of this podcast. And then also it would help finance uh, making advertisements on social media sites like Facebook and Instagram to help bring in more people to the podcast and help grow the show. So of course you can always enjoy this podcast free every single week, but if you wanna go that extra step further, you can now donate to the show. All donations are never asked for, but are are very much appreciated. They're on a volunteer basis, so you don't feel like you have to, but if you do, just know that I thank you very much. Now, let's get, uh, actually one more note. I did wanna mention that I'm now writing for a new website called keengamer.com. I've been uh, hired on there to write some articles. So from time to time, you're gonna see a lot of keen gamer articles posted on my social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Please go over there and uh, click those links and give those articles a read. I'm trying to further my experience in gaming journalism and the video game industry. One of the ways that that I want to do that is start writing about video games. And so it would would go a long way if you guys uh, also show some support on that side of things by by reading those articles, sharing them on your own personal social media sites so that, uh, you know, I can, the, the word gets around on, on my articles. That would be greatly appreciated. But let's get into 
today's show. Let's uh, let's start off with some rumors about some new Nintendo Switch mo- models now in production. So. The last, uh, I want to say, year or so, there's been a lot of rumors flowing around about new Nintendo Switch models coming. It, it's kind of just a, a given. We see this on basically in in the last uh, however many years since video games have really, I, I I guess going back to even like the PlayStation One, uh, looking at how they evolved that console and everything, made it a slimmer look. That's it's kind of routine for consoles to get upgrades halfway through or a couple years into their lifespan uh, improving performance so whether that's hardware upgrades or maybe just reducing the size to make them more small and slim Uh, making consoles slimmer is something that is very common we saw this generation with the xbox and the playstation 4 Uh, we saw it last generation with the playstation 3 and the xbox 360 we even saw it uh, with the generation before that with the PlayStation 2 getting a slimmer model as well. And so uh, it's it's very common for companies to, you know, a couple of years in to, to upgrade those consoles. Now, this is a report from GameSpot. Um, there is basically a rumor going around that new Nintendo Switch models are now in production. So this is from Eddie McCooch on... GameSpot.com. So, new Nintendo Switch models now in production, E3 2019. Nintendo moves production to Southeast Asia as its updated Switch models reportedly move forward. We know from previous reports that two new Nintendo Switch models could be on the way, possibly as soon as this year. Officially, Nintendo has not addressed the possibility, though it did say it would, would not announce the new systems during E3. That proved to be true, but a new report from the Wall Street Journal published during E3 2019 reveals some new details these rumored new Switch models. Specifically, the report states that Nintendo has decided to move the manufacturing of the new consoles to Southeast Asia instead of China. This is a result of concerns about potential United States tariffs on electronics made in China. As we reported previously, President Trump's proposed import tax at 25% would impact video game consoles as well as smartphones and computers. In theory, this could lead to price increases on game consoles from Nintendo as well as Microsoft and Sony as companies pass on the cost to consumers. The alternative would be to absorb the cost themselves, which is obviously not a welcome concept for companies. Game consoles are not historically where the money is made in the game business. Oftentimes, systems are sold at a loss or with very thin margins, with profits instead coming from the software and services. Those margins do improve over time, but a 25% tariff would nonetheless be unwelcome. Should the 25% tariff go into effect for Switch consoles shipped into the United States, that would impact how much money Nintendo and other companies make on console sales. Nintendo has been the outlier in this area, however, as the company maintained from day one of Switch sales in 2017 that it makes money on each console sold. If the 25% tariff goes into effect, that would cut the Switch's profit profile, which is likely why Nintendo has elected to move production of the console outside of China. According to Wall Street Journal's report, Nintendo has already moved production of the existing Switch model as well as two new rumored ones to Southeast Asia. 
Regarding the new systems, one is said to have a similar form factor to existing model, but feature better components, with other expected to have a different look and lower specs that make it less expensive. Given the systems are now reportedly in production, they could release soon, Wall Street Journal said. Nintendo declined to comment on the report when approached by Wall Street Journal. It's unclear when Nintendo may announce the new Switch models, if they are indeed real. With no new hardware to discuss during its direct conference this week, Nintendo made a series of software announcements including The Witcher 3 for Nintendo Switch and a sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Nintendo has a long history of offering revised models of its gaming hardware, particularly on the handheld side. The rumored new systems would not be a new generation of Switch hardware, but merely enhanced or refined versions of what's already on the market. Uh, so really great article by Eddie. I recommend going over to GameSpot and giving them the view for this article. Um, a couple things that obviously I want to touch base on after reading it. Uh, the, the fact that they're moving production to Southeast Asia is, is definitely uh, in response to what's going on in the United States. And that, that import tax that was uh, talked about in the article here, that's something that a lot of major... Hardware companies are are doing right now, <clears throat> and so we're going to probably, it's not really a surprise that we're seeing Nintendo, a very big uh, company in the, the hardware and software uh, world, uh, to be to be following that, that pattern as well. Um, it also, uh, it, it's interesting when, when they, they talk about what these rumored Switch models are and and what they could look like, I it, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the first being one that is a little bit more uh, lower specs and ha having a, a bit different look to make it le less expensive. I kind of expect that this is going to be similar to what we saw with a 2DS from the 3DS. Obviously, the 2DS removed the, that 3D capability with its video games as well as. Um, just making the system a little that that decreased the cost quite quite a bit, and you know that was a great perfect pairing for a younger audience, maybe gamers who are a little bit rougher with their consoles. Um, and so that would make sense with the Switch. There, Nintendo obviously directs a lot of their video games towards a younger market, and. The Switch is a fairly expensive console, right? There's a, there's a lot going on with it. And uh, to make maybe one a little bit different and have it with lower specs could open up the market to even more uh, kids and parents wanting to get their kids uh, a new handheld gaming device. And I, I suspect that if that is the case, that this console could possibly be, you know, undockable it's just a handheld console i mean that kind of defeats the purpose of this the switch right the switch the whole purpose is switching between you know portable and then to playing on your tv right but it could definitely reduce the cost of that you take away the dock paired parry like selling removing the dock like it, that's you know you have to factor that dock and the the hardware costs on, on the total cost of the unit when you buy a Nintendo Switch and removing that could potentially reduce the price even more. So yeah, that, that's kind of interesting. And then having the existing model just kind of upgraded with better components, 
um, makes sense as well. That's probably similar to like a PlayStation 4 Pro or an Xbox One X. Obviously not to that extreme level of having 4K gaming and uh, you know 120 frames per second or something crazy like that, but but just something a little bit more upgraded so that games like The Witcher 3, who you know it. it is quite a big game or even some of those other games like assassin's creed 3 i know people were commenting on when that released and what it looked like but um yeah really interesting uh we'll keep we'll, we'll keep posting updates as this kind of continues my guess is if there are new switch models coming that they're probably going to be aimed towards the holiday season so that they can push you know for some hardware sales around christmas time it just makes sense so yeah interesting stuff um for myself though i'm just gonna keep keep my switch right even if there is an upgraded one my switch i'm extremely satisfied with i don't feel the need to have something bigger and better um the switch does what it does great so unless there was a drastic uh, excuse me drastic improvement i i'm i'm fine sitting sitting still with what i got Okay, moving on to the next topic I wanted to talk about. Pokemon Sword and Shield won't let you catch every Pokemon. And this is coming from Jonathan Dornbush over at IGN.com. So, Pokemon Sword and Shield, the first mainline generation of Pokemon games to be coming to the Nintendo Switch, will sadly not let you be the best like no one ever was, as not every Pokemon will be catchable in the new generation. The full Pokedex won't be available to Pokemon Sword and Shield players, according to a recent interview Famitsu conducted with producer Jun... Jun... Here we go... (laughs) Janichi Masuda, I believe is how you pronounce that. Instead, Sword and Shield will allow for Pokemon to be caught that are included in the Galar region Pokedex. Masuda told Famitsu a large part of the reasoning came down to the growing number of Pokemon species. Citing balance issues and the intensity of the work as reasons for the decision, Masuda said he and his team were currently undecided about whether more Pokemon could be added to the game post-launch. 800 Pokemon and counting. We already have well over 800 Pokemon species, and there's going to be more added in these games. And now that they're on the Nintendo Switch, we're creating it with much higher fidelity and higher quality animations, Masuda said in a follow-up interview with US Gamer. But even more than that, it's coming down to the battle system. We're making sure we can keep everything balanced and give all the Pokemon that appear in the games as a chance to shine. It isn't just going to be all new Pokemon in the Galar region Pokedex. There's still going to be a lot of favorites that fans will be able to bring over that they've adventured with previously. Pokemon Sword and Shield at E3 2019. At E3 2019, Nintendo showed off two of these new Galar region Pokemon players can expect to encounter, including the adorable Lightning Corgi Yamper. Masuda original original comments to Famitsu were met with some uh, ire from some fans who believed it might be easy to model all these Pokemons for use in Sword and Shield. When one particular particular Twitter user implied that modeling could be done in five minutes, a host of artists in response began posting their five-minute Pokemon models to just demonstrate what could be created in that short time span, and they conclusively did not live up to the visual fidelity seen in Sword and Shield's models. 
Sword and Shield Pokedex limitation isn't the only thing we learned about the upcoming pair of games. We learned 22 more Pokemon Sword and Shield details, including that Sword and Shield will support some Pokeball Plus features. And just prior to E3 2019, a special Pokemon Sword and Shield Nintendo Direct gave us a closer look at the game and revealed a concrete release date. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I didn't really talk too much about Pokemon Sword and Shield because the Direct for that game came just before E3 and it was just after our E3 predictions episode released. And then obviously the, the week after that, I was talking about all the things that happened at E3 and uh, yeah, didn't get a lot of time to talk about Pokemon Shield. So we got that direct a couple weeks ago that did give us more information. We got the release date. Um, I believe it's like November 15th. Let me just double check. Pokemon Sword and Shield release date. Also, I apologize for that lawn cutting noise in the background. I think they're cutting some grass outside of my building. Oh uh, yeah, November 15th, 2019 is when Pokemon Sword and Shield will release. So um, yeah, it's uh, the game looks quite impressive in my eyes. Um, I'm sold on it. It looks like an upgrade from previous entries, not to necessarily the level that a lot of us were hoping, but um, it does look really, really cool. Um, but this is kind of a bummer, obviously, that we're not going to have all these species of Pokemon that have been, you know, created over the years in the game. Uh, that's one of the, the coolest things is, is use, transferring Pokemon from previous games into newer games. And, you know, one of the things that they talked about at uh, the Pokemon Company conference, um, I don't think this was at the Direct, they talked about, uh, I think it's called Pokemon, I talked about this on the show can't remember the name of it. I think it's called Pokemon Home or something like that. And it's basically like what Pokemon like box was. Here, let me just look it up because that's gonna bug me if I don't know what it is called. Pokemon. Yeah, so Pokemon Home is an upcoming cloud service for iOS, Android, and the Nintendo Switch. And it allows one-way transfer of Pokemon from Pokemon Bank, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, and let's go Eevee and Pokemon Go. So it's a way of basically transferring all your Pokemon. And obviously we won't be able to transfer now certain Pokemon into Pokemon Sword and Shield if they're not included on the decks. Now, it's funny because I was kind of, as I was read this article, I was, you know, wondering why they made this decision. But when, when they talked about the development of creating these animations for all these Pokemon, like, you have 800 plus Pokemon species and to have to animate and program all those into Sword and Shield would take a lot of work. Now, at the end of the article, they talked about people on Twitter going and showing how easy it could be, but clearly they weren't to the level of detail and um, visual fidelity as we see in Pokemon Sword and Shield. So it's easy for people to jump jump to conclusions, say, hey, you know what? It's actually not that hard. We can do it in five minutes here. You can, you who have the expertise and have the resources should be able to do it no problem. Now to that, I kind of understand where they're coming from, but at the same time, you have to remember that creating a video game is a lot of work and as bummed as I am that we're not gonna have all these Pokemons in it, if if people, if if that's gonna reduce, you know, crunch or people having to, work excessively long hours to get those things in the game. I'm, again, I'm for that. I've talked about on the show numerous times about how 
this how develop the video game industry is notorious for making people's lives kind of miserable by making them work long hours and uh and having it take a toll on, on their mental health and everything like that like that's obviously way more important than video games any day and so um, again, don't necessarily know if that's the case in this situation, but I'm just kind of making the the connection just based on the fact that creating all those Pokemons would be a lot of work. So um, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see once we get the full Pokedex to see. My guess is all those fan favorites that that you know uh, were mentioned by Masuda are in the game. And so I'm, I'm sure that we're not going to see a lot of complaints. Of course, there will always be some people that are like, I want this Pokemon in the game or these, these Pokemon, because that's their favorite, but they're going to, they're going to take a, take a look at what people like and what po they have those statistics that show what Pokemon people play with. And, uh, they're probably going to focus their attention on those important ones. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited for Pokemon. Um, I'm, it's going to be a day one purchase for me. It's interesting that, uh, I'm not as excited for it as I thought it was going to be, but as we kind of get closer and closer to release date, I'm finding myself getting a little bit more pumped because we're getting close to the day where we actually get to play it. So um, yeah, that's that story. Moving on to my last story here. Uh, so this is coming from Brianna Reeves over at PlayStationLifestyle.net. Um, it's titled Ellie's voice actress seemed to hint at a possible The Last of Us Part 2 release date. So this was a big story that was kind of circulating all over on the web and all the major news sites. Um, but this is uh, this is kind of an interesting story. So ahead of Death Stranding's release date announcement, Kotaku's Jason, Jason Schreier accurately revealed the title would launch in November 2019. Interestingly, interestingly he also suggested a launch date for another place. Uh, excuse me. I'm recording this early in the morning, so my uh, trying to keep up. Um, PlayStation 4 exclusive, The Last of Us Part 2. According to Schreier, Naughty Dog's next adventure is set to arrive in early 2020, possibly in February. It seems Ellie herself, actress Ashley Johnson, is privy to the same information. In a recent interview with Brian Foster, Johnson appears to nearly let slip the sequel's release date. At the tail end of the interview, Foster questioned Johnson about when the sequel will finally hit store shelves. As she began to answer, his question continued cutting her off from saying what sounded a lot like the beginning of February. Of course, she never completed her sentence, likely remembering that the date still remains tightly kept secret, uh, bearing the ongoing rumors and speculation, of course. The interview with Ashley Johnson is featured in the video below, um, yeah, you can basically find this video on YouTube. Just look for between the sheets, Ashley Johnson. It's sitting at around the hour, one hour, seven minute, 20 second timestamp. And then you can kind of hear her, you know, almost saying the beginning of the word February. And so, uh, again, take it with a grain of salt, but you know, with two major things like this, with one of the people involved in this video game as well as Jason Schreier who is uh you know one of the best journalists in the video game industry also pointing to a February release date uh it seems like that it's all but confirmed right now um of course that could change with a blink of an eye but 
February, I think, is a really solid release date for for that game. Um, we saw, we've seen like PlayStation exclusives releasing in the earlier part of the year instead of uh, in the fall, which I'm actually totally game for. A lot of these PS4 exclusives are very large games. You know, you look at Horizon Zero Dawn released uh, at the end of February in 2016 or 17. Um, and then we saw God of War last year in April. We saw Days Gone last year in April. And so uh, February would be great because, you know, you're not in the way of Cyberpunk 2077 in April and Avengers happening in May. And then March also has some big releases like Final Fantasy VII, and, which is a PlayStation 4 exclusive for the time being, and Watch Dogs 3. Um, yeah, so it, it, that's like a perfect time. We're seeing a lot more of these bigger games releasing in the first part of the year just because, you know, we've seen so many games release uh, in the fall. Some people are wanting to get out of that way. Of course, you lose potential sales of, you know, Christmas time, but at the same time, it's really hard to stand out. I was talking on the show last week about how crazy November 2019 is. We have Death Stranding, we have Pokemon. Um, a week before that, we have Call of Duty. Um, you know, we have Shenmue 3 coming as well. Uh, there's another one I'm forgetting. I don't know why. We have just a bunch of games coming out. Uh, we can kind of expect Luigi's Mansion 3 is also going to be making its way probably at the end of October. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's very interesting that... Uh, that this was a story that was circulating, but I thought it was kind of funny and wanted to include it just to kind of have a conversation about it. And yeah, so those are the three major stories that I wanted to talk about today. Um, before we wrap up the show, I did want to take a bit of time to talk about what I've been playing. And uh, the first thing that I have been playing, just started playing yesterday actually, is uh, Cadence of Hyrule. And that is a Crypt of the Necrodancer game, but set in Hyrule. Obviously, it's a Legend of Zelda-styled uh, game, um, but it's a Crypt of the Necrodancer game. This is not a traditional Legend of Zelda game. It's it's a Crypt of the Necrodancer game, but just stylized in the world of the Legend of Zelda. And so it is absolutely fantastic. Basically, how the game works is it's kind of like a dungeon crawler, roguelite kind of game. Very similar to you know, um, previous games like A Link to the Past and everything like that, that kind of style. But the mechanic is you move to a beat. So there's basically music going on and you can move your character to a beat. If you miss the beat, uh, your character won't move. And the challenge comes into play is that the enemies also move to a certain beat and rhythm and pattern. So uh, you kind of have to time your attacks to match whatever that pattern of that enemy is. It's really fun. As you know, Legend of Zelda has some of the best music and songs uh, in any video game, I would say. And so you put that into a game that's focused on rhythm and music and you're going to get a really fun gaming experience so i've just i'm just kind of played like an hour of it so far i'm very in the early stages of the game but i'm really high i highly recommend it if you have Nintendo switch i think it's close to like 30 bucks or something like that um yeah support this game because this really shows that to nintendo that this is something that they should continue to do is giving their intellectual properties to other developers 
um, to create different games, right? We saw, obviously Ubisoft wasn't an indie developer, but we saw them pairing up with Mario to make a Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle game that did fantastic. And I really think that proved to Nintendo this proof of concept that um, taking their main mascots like Mario or, or Zelda and giving them to another developer is can, can create a lot of success. And so from my understanding, Cadence of Hyrule is doing quite well. Um, but yeah, please, please check that game out if you haven't already. Um, I recently also checked out Spyro the Reignite Trilogy at the library. This was a game that I was going to buy on release date last year, but um, I think, what did I buy last year, last fall that was taking up a lot of time? I think I was just in preparation for Smash Brothers in December and then uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. And so those games took up a lot of my time. So I never ended up, because I think it was originally supposed to come out in September and then it got delayed. Um, but anyways, I picked up Spyro from the library and this game's fantastic. Like it has really done a good job. The game feels how I remember playing it back in the day on the PlayStation 1. And uh, I just love that all three of the games are included. First one, it's not my, not the the most exciting game in the in the trilogy in my eyes. I really like the Ripto's Rage um, and the third one, but it, it's it's fun. I'm having a great time. Spyro was a franchise that meant a lot to me as a kid, and so being able to to relive those memories that I've been nostalgic for and for them to be improved to the to the level of video games today with awesome visuals and awesome handling and controls that that's really awesome what's really cool is if you are a fan of the controls because the control scheme you can have the reignited version or you can have the original version and so you can play it like it was controlled back in the day on the ps1 or you can have the reignite controls that are lined up more with how we how most games are control today i guess um so yeah having a big blast with that i i got back into yakuza kiwami 2 of course you guys know i'm a big yakuza fan i loved yakuza 0 i loved yakuza kiwami and then i got kiwami 2 for christmas last year um and then i kind of delayed playing it because i was again currently playing god of war and wanting to do that and then after that it was like I was I got days gone and I just got so busy with other games and so I'm like you know what I'm gonna go back into it and that game is just incredible I love the Yakuza series one of the most underrated series I think of video games I'm glad that they're seeing a lot more success in the West now than they did when they originally released they're re-releasing them on the PS4 and uh, they're doing quite well so it's just a matter of time until we get three four and five uh, remade and ported to the PlayStation 4 and yeah I, I'm, I'm excited for when that comes because Yakuza 6 released last year on the PlayStation 4 but I, I obviously want to play 3, 4, and 5 before I get to 6. That's a lot of games considering these games uh, range anywhere from like 20 to 40 hours so uh, yeah if you like RPGs if you like uh, Japanese games set in Japan like it's, it's like a Japanese Grand Theft Auto you're dealing with gangsters and mobsters, but uh, in a fictional world called Kamarucho. And uh, yeah, I highly recommend Yakuza. If you are going to get into the Yakuza series, 
I, I recommend starting with Zero. Some people say start with Yakuza Kiwami. Zero was a prequel to the Yakuza games and it released on the PS3 and then was ported to PlayStation 4. Yakuza Kiwami is a remake, a total remake of the first Yakuza game from PlayStation 2. And so um, if you play Zero, Kiwami actually does change some some things in dialogue from some of the characters to match up with some of the events from Yakuza 0. So, um, yeah, it makes sense because then you can kind of get some backstory on some of the characters before you get into Yakuza Kiwami. But, uh, you know, do whatever you want. Um, I think the Yakuza games right now, Kiwami and Zero, are part of the PlayStation Hits where they're like, I think they're like 20 bucks. Um, so they're, they're, they're a great price for just like hours of fun. So yeah, I, I playing through that game and hope to, to continue some progress on that. And then what else am I playing? I finally got Steam World Heist. That game was on sale a couple of weeks back on the Nintendo eShop for like $7. So I got that big fan of the Steam World series of games. Um, Looking forward, though, I'm excited for Judgment. That's coming out at the end of the month, June 25th. Uh, Judgment is actually, uh, coincidentally, a game that is set in the Yakuza universe. It is not a y- y- Yakuza game. Like, it's not following the stories of some of the other Yakuza games, but it's set in the same universe. So you're basically playing as a detective. So rather than being a Yakuza, you are... On the other side of the fence, playing a detective and solving crimes and interrogating people. And so I'm definitely a big fan of that. I loved games like that, like L.A. Noir, you know, being able to have to follow people. They've showed gameplay with that. Really excited. It unfortunately comes out the same day that actually two days before I leave on vacation. So I don't even know. I'll probably get back from vacation, be a little tight for cash, uh, spare cash. And so I might have to wait for that one, but I'll definitely be getting that game. And hopefully I'll be able to do a review episode for that as well. Um, So yeah, that's this week's episode. I apologize for it being so short, but we've had a pretty long episodes the last couple weeks with the E3 predictions and then the E3 impressions episode. Um, Like I said, there are hopefully going to be some pre-recorded episodes that will release while I'm on vacation. But if you see, you know, at the end of June, beginning of July, that there's no episode, that's why they will resume. Um, make sure you head over to my social medias, uh, search for Games Are Fun over on Facebook, Twitter at Games Are Fun Pod, or Instagram at Games Are Fun Podcast. That's the best way to keep up to date on what's going on with the show and get all the sort of updates. Uh, one more reminder, please subscribe to the show uh, if you enjoyed it. Make sure you leave a review if you're leaving on iTunes. It takes like, you know, just a couple seconds for you to leave a review on the show. Doing that helps other people find my podcast. The more reviews that you guys leave, the more chances that it will show up in the uh, on on how I, it's it's really hard to figure out how algorithms work for each of these podcast platforms. But one of the ways that definitely increases the chances of it being viewable for more people is by leaving reviews and subscribing and that kind of stuff. So. If you haven't done so already and you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, just take the second after the show to leave a review. Um, again, 
I would appreciate that a lot. And to those of you who have already subscribed and have already left reviews on the show, thank you so much. It means a lot to me. Um, yeah, so we'll talk to you guys one more time before I leave uh, to, to head out to on my vacation. I'm going to California. I'm really excited for that. I haven't been outside of Canada for, I don't know, five, six years now. So looking forward to just having a, a nice break and get away from um, the routine and, and just get a bit of a refresh. Uh, yeah, so with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy your week and we'll talk to you guys next time. See you later.